Well, guess what? I just bought the farm. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, you're listening to 48 Days Radio Show, where each week we take 48 minutes to dive into real-life questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day, excited to be able to do something that is meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. Hey, as you know, this is where normal, indecision, ambiguity come to die. Welcome to the 48 Days Radio Show. Well, in my opening there, guess what? I just bought the farm. You know, I don't know if any of you are old enough to kind of put that in perspective, but bought the farm was a phrase that really means somebody just died. Now, it comes from kind of back in history it would not be that uncommon for a military jet to crash on a farm somewhere. A lot more crashes than there are today. And when that happened, typically the farmer would sue the government and get enough money to pay off the mortgage on the farm. Thus the saying, he bought the farm, refers to, you know, someone dying. But then there's the positive side of just deciding to have a small farm. And how many of you have that as kind of a dream that you'd like to have one day? Well, I've got an opportunity where you might be able to do just that for $300. All right, I'm going to tell you how to do that in a little bit. Here's some of the things we're going to be covering today. Dan, do you think the benefits of homeschooling outweigh the cost? And how can we nurture the entrepreneurial spirit of children? How do you feel about creating a mastermind group within one industry working in the same area? Dan, should I look at established business opportunities or start something totally new? Well, that and as you know, more questions. I've got good news again today, as always, and a lot more questions if we have time to get to them. Here's our quotation for today. I love this. It comes from Albert Einstein, who said, I have no special talents. I am only passionately curious. Now, I want to break that down a little bit because I have people every day who say, gee, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my passion is, my mission, my destiny. You know, I just don't know. And there's this kind of uh, expectation that if we were lucky enough, we're going to have that, you know, like from the Bible, the road to Damascus experience where God says, boom, dude, this is what you need to be doing. Well, most of us don't have that. I certainly never have, but we don't need to wait on that. That's the cool thing. We don't need to wait on that. When people say, I don't know what I'm passionate about, I tell them, follow your curiosity. Just follow those little senses that you get where something piques your curiosity. Follow that. We got some questions that will kind of lay that out. But that's, again, our quotation. Albert Einstein, I have no special talents. I'm only passionately curious. And if you're passionately curious, you can do a whole lot of cool things, as obviously Albert Einstein did. All right, now here is our little poem for today from our buddy Cliff Feitner, who says, when you feel at the end of your rope in the workplace, how do you cope? 
Are you prepared to adapt or just feel that you're trapped in a job without any hope? Golly, the wisdom that he packs into his little rhyming four or five lines is just amazing. Thank you, Cliff, for those as always. Well, here's a success story. This comes from Wes Connor, who's a local pharmacist. I've known West for a long time. Well, he addresses that. He says, thank you, Joanne, and the many, thank you, Dan, Joanne, and the many people in the 48 Days organization for the lessons I've learned over the years. I'm definitely the tortoise in the proverbial race because it's taken me 12 years to get to where I am today. It all began with your Eagles Club coaching that I took way back in 2005. So yeah, that's 12 years ago. Wow. The Acres of Diamonds lesson taught me to go with what I know and create new ways to make income with my current knowledge. The Three Feet from Gold lesson from Napoleon Hill taught me to never give up. If there's one thing I wish I'd known earlier, it's the power of Swiss dollars. Now that is all capitalized S-W-I-S-S and it's a phrase that I use that means sales while I sleep soundly. My side hustle business is nearly 100% residual income and pays for our new 4,000 plus square foot home on 5.5 acres in College Grove, Tennessee. I don't believe I'm your most successful success story, but I'm both proud and humble to say that you've added a solid six figures and counting to my family's income. Without you and the rest of the 40 Days family, my family would not have would not have the financial peace we have today. Thank you again. Well, thank you, West, for that um, story again west is a pharmacist and he's used things that he knows about things that his unique expertise training opened the doors for to create that extra income you can check him out if you want to west west connor c-o-n-n-e-r you'll be able to see the things that he's doing and yeah paying for their beautiful new home that uh, he sent me pictures of recently uh, one of his sons took uh, took pictures with a drone to kind of circle it but Beautiful new home down on College Grove, Tennessee. You know, the uh, the power of Swiss dollars. Let me talk about that just a little bit because sometimes people don't understand that. I worked with a, a lady one time who was making, um, she was making like $70,000 a year. And um, we started working on some ideas and she really wanted to get out of what she was doing. She was in a real niche kind of industry, really wanted to get out of that. And I said, well, what if we found something and I described some things based on her unique area of expertise? I said, what if we put up a couple of ebooks, maybe an instructional guide, maybe a simple course put up and we just put it up and we just allowed people to access that. But what if in doing that, you only made $15 an hour? She said, well, I could never do that. You know, I don't even want to consider those ideas. I said, no, wait a minute. <laughs> you're overlooking a significant change. When you're working, you work 40 hours a week. You're used to calculating your pay based on 40 hours a week. When you put something up online, all of a sudden your store is open 168 hours a week, not 40. So even if your per hour income dropped precipitously, you could at the end, well, let me just do a quick calculation here. Um, let's see, times 168 times 4.3 equals, okay, so what that means, here's what that means, 15 hours, $15 an hour, rather, if you only generated that from a little online store, would that make you suffer having been used to 
making $70,000 a year. No, do the math on that real quick. That actually equals out to $130,000, $130,939. If, if you had something that only made $15 an hour, but it's online where it's making it all the time rather than just when you're at work or at the office. I mean, that's the power of Swiss dollars. West has discovered that as have a whole lot of other people. I certainly have enjoyed that for years where people can come into my store at 2 a.m. in the morning if they want to while I'm sleeping because it's a virtual store. People can come in, shop at leisure, just uh, leave me the money and walk out with the merchandise. What a cool thing is that. Well, here's some news you can use. Uh, I love to bring you these uh, good news stories. Here's one. Here's how a young guy takes his mom on a bucket list adventure as redemption for unappreciative younger years. Now, I'll just give you the highlights, but Sean Regis is well aware of how he treated his mother, Rebecca, when he was younger, and he's embarrassed by the way he acted. Sean says that despite his mother working hard to put food on the table, he would often give her a hard time for not making more money. Now, she was a single mom. She worked as a hotel maid for years and years and years. Now, he's trying to make it up to her as an adult. Rebecca called her son last summer, left a voicemail on his phone, explaining that she had just been fired from her job. She'd been working for many years as a hotel maid in Boston, while raising her kids until they gave her the pink slip at 75 years old, 75 years old. And they fired her after all those years of working as a maid. Well, she didn't know what to do with herself, but that's where Sean stepped in. He's doing okay. And in order to get his mother through her trying time, the young entrepreneur, he is an entrepreneur. He started helping his mom complete everything on her bucket list. They took a hip hop class together. They milked a cow in Vermont. They walked the Boston Marathon route. I mean, after cleaning rooms for all those runners for many, many years, she just wanted to see the course for herself. He flew her back to her native England, where they threw a penny off the London Bridge and visited her sister's grave. Well, the adventure has obviously changed their relationship. Really sweet story. A kid making it up to his mom for being ungrateful when he was young by helping her live out her bucket list. What a cool thing. Well, here's one. The paramedics stop to do the right thing after seeing a 98-year-old mowing the lawn in the heat. When these paramedics drove past an elderly woman mowing the lawn by herself in debilitating temperatures, they knew they had to turn around and do the right thing. Paramedic Kent Haney and EMT Matt Linda of the East Texas Medical Center in Waco pulled their ambulance over in front of the senior's house. After briefly chatting with her, this is a 98-year-old woman who was mowing her yard. Well, these paramedics decided they needed to help her, so they did it. They just went ahead and mowed her yard and said they're going to be checking back on her every so often in the future. Golly, neat story. Well, here's here's another one where police officers bought a 95-year-old new air conditioner. As the temperatures soar in the south, these police officers weren't about to let a World War II veteran soak in his own sweat all day. They received a 911 call from a 95-year-old man distressed over his broken air conditioner. 
Now, obviously, that's not really perhaps an emergency, but the two boys in blue dropped by the senior's house to check out the situation, and they were appalled at what they found with this World War II veteran sitting, trying to sit in the shade of his porch, and it was already over 90 degrees inside his house. So they went together and decided they were just going to buy. They went to Home Depot, asked the employees which unit would be best for this guy's house. So the store employees were so touched by hearing about the veteran situation, they decided to throw down 150 of their own money. So they split the cost of an air conditioner with the police officers. So the police officers put in 150, the employees at Home Depot put in 150, got an air conditioner, went back with another coworker to make sure it was properly installed. Boom, just another great story. Well, hey, there's, a, uh, there, there's an ad right now. I've talked a couple times about the fact that uh, Home Depot, or not Home Depot, U- UPS is putting flyers in my mailbox here in Franklin, Tennessee, because they're looking for people. Well, they got an ad out there right now that I really love, and it shows this UPS guy standing there with his arms crossed in front of the big brown truck. And here's what it says. As a kid, did you ever knock on people's doors and then run away before they could answer? Well, guess what? We're hiring. (laughs) Is that a great ad or what? Did you ever knock on people's doors and run away before they could answer? Yeah, I'll have to admit I did that. Now I'm, I, I'm too embarrassed to tell you what some of the other things that went along with that were, but, um, yes, I did that and more. What a great ad. So if you want to have the opportunity again as a grown-up to knock at people's doors and run away before they have a chance to get there, you can work for UPS. Cool advertising twist. All right. Now I mentioned, I, I want to tell you about buying the farm. This is a cool story. Now this is given to me by Matt Breckwald. Matt is a guy who who we know he came here to coach with excellence back in 2015 has a really great success story himself about what he's doing now but he just interviewed a lady from bennett north carolina and here's the deal norma DeCamp burns is giving away her 13 acre farm and here's how she wants to do it so this is our you can buy the farm and have a positive experience in doing it What she's doing, Norma is moving to a retirement home. And instead of selling her farm, she's placed it in this agriculture conservation easement and she's giving it away. Now, Matt says she's gone through a lot of red tape to do this correctly. She's taking applications with essays from couples who are interested in becoming farmers. Now, I'm going to give you, let me give you the, um, I'll give you the site here for it. And I'll give it to you again in a little bit. The site is essay bluebirdhillfarm.com that's essay e-s-s-a-y bluebirdhillfarm.com all right now here's how this is going to be done there's a fee of 300 dollars per application now the deadline's august 1st now you're this is uh going up on july 7th so you got about three weeks but plenty of time to get this in She owes $189,000 on her farm and she'll pay for the balance. She'll pay that off so it's free and clear when she gives it away. Now, to make that work properly, she needs about 600 applications. 
So that's the deal. She's working toward that to get 600 applications. If she gets more than 600 applications, now you can do the math on that. 600 applications, $300 each, it's $180,000. So everybody has just a little bit of skin in the game, but think about the odds on this. This is not about winning the lottery where you're up against 20 million other people. There's going to be 600. Your odds are really good. And it's not just based on raw luck. You fill out an application making a case for why you should get this farm. Now you have to verify that you've got some experience, that you're smart enough to run a little farm like this. It's organic approved. It grows lavender. There's a little greenhouse on it. I mean, they, they process the lavender and produce, you know, lavender oils. I mean, this is really a beautiful little farm. So the deal is, if she receives more than 600 applications, she'll give the new owners up to $50,000 in operating capital as well. Now, this is a pretty cool deal. Now, when you go there, now I, I went to the site and I went through every single page there. This is really laid out well, but you, you put in your essay, you describe why you should get this farm. I'd love for one of you to get this farm. I'd love for somebody in our 48 days community to get this farm and be able to tell the story, what you're doing with it. I mean, you're going to be blown away when you go there. Now, again, if you have a little experience, Hey, I could probably qualify. I grew up milking cows and goats and baling hay, growing a garden. I could qualify. Well, I'm pretty busy. I probably won't be applying, but I want somebody that's listening to do that. Again, go to essay bluebirdhillfarm.com. Now I'll put that in the show notes. Just go to the podcast notes at 48days.com, but I'll that that's where you go if you want to enter in that. Now here's the deal. You you'll get excited about this and start talking about living on a farm and this is what you're going to hear from everybody around you. Just a good time to think about this a little bit. All the crazy ideas you've got. Yeah, you're going to hear this. People say I'm crazy. Doing what I'm doing. Well, they give me all kinds of warnings. To save me from ruin. When I say that I'm You know, I just reminisce in listening to that. Reminisce in thinking about all the things that I've done that people thought I was crazy to do. I mean, even even my brothers and sisters, 
some of the things that I've ventured off to do, but then to create the life that I have today that I would not change for anything. You know, a lot of you are probably sitting on ideas like that. And and believe me, you're going to have people around you who say, man, you're crazy. You know, you're going to miss the normal life out here. Well, here's another question that kind of relates to the same thing. Dan, I've often heard you talk about homeschooling your your kids using Zig Ziglar recordings as one type of educational tool. Could you provide some information regarding additional resources and tools that you used in the homeschooling process? Would you recommend homeschooling? In other words, did you find the benefits outweigh the cost? Also, do you have any recommendations for resources and tools to help nurture the entrepreneurial spirit of children during the homeschooling process? From Anthony. Wow. Great question. Boy, we could park there all day long. Yeah, we we homeschooled our kids and it was based on, I mean, we, we had our kids in normal school to start with. We We didn't know there were other options for that. And then Jared, our second child, it was clear that he was never going to make it. He just didn't fit in that kind of environment. Having him sit in a seat, you know, look at a book. He had trouble reading. Yes, he was classified dyslexic, ADD, all those wonderful terms that schools give to kids who don't, who are not average. Uh, Anyway, we pulled him out and then pulled out Ashley as well and then homeschooled them. What was a wonderful experience and really opened our eyes to uh, not only dealing with a difficult child, but just the adventure that was waiting for us. In that process, now we did use things like Ziggler recordings. A lot of you have heard me talk about that. We use Ziggler recordings of See You at the Top, some of those stories, those iconic stories about the story of the pump, stories about getting cooked in the squat, stories about, you know, stinking thinking, getting a checkup from the neck up. I mean, all those wonderful things our kids know because as timeouts, rather than getting punished, we would have them sit down and listen to maybe five minutes of a Zig Ziglar recording, and then we'd talk about it. So it was an attitude adjustment rather than punishment. Well, that's what our kids grew up with. But things that nurture the entrepreneurial spirit, just living life together does that. When you think about the way most kids are raised today, I mean, I I talk to kids in high school who can't tell me what their mom and dad do in terms of work. They, They really don't understand mom and dad get in the car and drive off somewhere, but they really don't understand even what kind of work they do. I mean, compare that to old days of kids just growing up with mom and dad where they work together in the fields or in the shop or the blacksmith shop or whatever it happened to be. And they learned those skills from actually doing Well, even if they go on to other things, just learning how, I mean, I love the fact that I, I mean, Joanne tells people, you know, we rarely have ever had repairmen in our home because I know a little bit of plumbing, electrical, carpentry, you know, landscaping, all those things. I know some of all of those things because of having grown up as I did on a farm. You don't need to be very sophisticated or structured in what you do with your kids if you just allow them to experience life with you. As you know, my daughter Ashley and her family, her husband Nathan and three little girls are living on the road as we speak. And every day is an adventure. I mean, they've been to national parks, they've been to zoos, they've been on people's working farms. They were at this week, they were at an Amish farm up in Ohio and uh, experienced that. But, I mean, they've seen volcanoes down in Costa Rica. I mean, they've been in rainforest. I mean, 
you don't have to be real structured in how you approach that if you give them that kind of a real life experience on a daily basis. My granddaughters, you ask them, where do you go to school? They say, everywhere. Who's your teacher? Everyone. That's exactly how they view it. Now, if you want some things that really will help you there, I would suggest Chris Gillibu's book, The $100 Startup. I mean, that really will teach about entrepreneurial things that you can do. Also, of course, we have our resource, uh, Dan's 48 low or no cost business ideas. If you're part of 48days.net, you know, I'll put that, I'll put that in the 48 Days Eagles resources. I'll make a note to do that right now. Put that in the 48 Days Eagles resources so you have free access to that if you're a 48 Days Eagles member. Um, we're having lots of fun there. And as, as I think of them, I keep putting new resources in there. So I'll add that so you can get it there uh, free if you're a member. But there's so many things you can do to teach your kids the entrepreneurial spirit. This is not to make them hate corporate America or hate having a job. Some of your kids are going to grow up, but we realize that's a better fit for them. It's a good fit for them to be part of a team and to go to a job every morning, but that will still not negate the value of the entrepreneurial things that you can introduce them to. And certainly homeschooling gives you opportunity to do that in terms of the legalities, just check for where you live. I'm not sure where you are, Anthony, but check where you live in terms of what's required. But every area at this point has umbrella schools where you can plug in, which just means you have some accountability for attendance and things that they're learning, their annual tests they can take. You can do all those things really easily, but uh, make sure that you're staying on top of that. It's not complicated at all, but uh, then have fun with the experience. Believe me. Rusty says, I have a property management company and was thinking about creating a mastermind group of other owners of property management companies in the area. How do you feel about creating a mastermind group within one industry working in the same area? Well, you know, I, I cringe a little bit when we use the term mastermind because I don't think it really has the characteristics of what I consider to be a mastermind. Mastermind is one of those terms that is being used and abused dramatically these days. I mean, everybody's got a mastermind and usually it's not. It's just group coaching or it's something else, some kind of an industry get together. But uh, that's a topic for another day, perhaps. But call it what you will. Yeah, I think there's a lot of it makes sense to get together to have a brainstorming group with other people in the same industry that you have to I mean, the, the new word for today is not competition, it's collaboration. So you can get together with people who are doing exactly the same thing as you do. I mean, I'm part of groups. I mean, we, we get all of our coaches together once a week. People in our coaching mastery program, we have a call. We share best practices. We share the intimate details of what we're doing and what's working and what's not. And it elevates everybody's success. So doing that is something you can do by getting together with other property management companies where you share best practices. Yeah, I would encourage you to do that. I think it's a great idea. I was for years a member of IACMP. It's an organization. Well, the IACMP is International Association of Career Management Professionals. So I was in that with other people who are doing career counseling, career coaching in this area. And it was a wonderful connection. And people from the placement offices at Belmont and Vanderbilt University, Trebekah, were in there. And we'd share 
resources that we have to help people who are going through career transition. Yeah, great idea. You can certainly do that. Well, hey, just a quick note here to remind you, you're listening to Real Life Questions. You can submit yours, your success stories, your uh, interesting tidbits like Matt shared with us about the farm for sale. I love that kind of stuff. And I know a lot of you do shoot in just interesting things that you're experiencing. So send those to askdan at 48days.com. Just uh, shoot it in. You can also go to 48days.com, click on the podcast link. There are ways there you can share your story. But most of you are used to at this point, just sending those to askdan at 48days.com. You know, we've got all kinds of fancy technology. You can leave audio messages and all that. But at the, with the speed at which I go through questions, I, I, I tend to take those that are written out. And with those that are written out, I mean, there's sometimes when I get a three-page question, and I'll give you two sentences here to condense that. So um, try to make it short and sweet. Those are the kind that get on here. But thanks for your ongoing questions. All right, Sean says, my question is about starting my own business. Should I be looking at current established roles and industries and finding my edge to compete within the current marketplace? You know, like being a real estate agent, a wedding DJ, photographer, et cetera, areas that I know people need and value and pay money for, or should I be looking at unmet needs and creating a brand new solution? I've got plenty of ideas for niche sites or business services, but I'm afraid of going full steam ahead down a dead end path. I believe I can succeed in whatever I decide, but the decision right now is the hardest part. I'd love to get your input. Well, your your question, Sean, takes me down a whole bunch of different rabbit trails here. Can you compete within the current marketplace, real estate agent, photographer? Yeah, you can. I mean, I, we know that you can get rich by doing something 10% better or just adding adding value to what's already available. Um, here, here's an example. When Domino's pizza got into the pizza business, you would think that if you're going to make money and be competitive in the pizza business, you need to do one of two things, either make a better pizza or sell it cheaper. They didn't focus on either one of those things. What they did was guarantee 30 minute delivery and it made millionaires all across the country. So they didn't change the basic components of that industry. They didn't try to make a better pizza or sell it cheaper, but they added delivery in 30 minutes. That was their unique added value. I mean, Shane Putty is a friend of ours locally here who uh, popped his head into my office years ago now and said, hey, would you be interested in having me pick up your dry cleaning on Tuesday mornings and then I'll bring it back on Thursday morning. It won't cost you any more than what you're paying now. Now, what in that model Dry cleaning, a lot of their cost is marketing cost. I mean, people don't drive three miles across town to go. They just go to the closest one. So their big cost, their big need is marketing to get people to come to their particular location. Well, Shane was doing that by going to business complexes. He, and, and the first day, I mean, it's an incredible success story. The first day he got like 76 customers right out of the gate in doing that. It was obviously a no-brainer for us as business people because there was no added cost at all. But the dry cleaners were willing to give him 40% of the cost they were charging because he was bringing them business they would not otherwise have. It immediately created a $100,000 year income for him in that niche business because it was an added value to everybody concerned. 
added value to me as a business owner, added value to the dry cleaners as well. So yes, you can do that. However, be careful. Here's my caveat. Be careful about just identifying where you know there's a need. That's not enough to keep you going. You can identify that there is a need for a real estate agent. But believe me, with the competition and everything involved in that, if you're doing it just because you know there's a need, you're going to burn out in six months and be wanting to do something else. You have to include your passion. And if that passion takes you down a road that's unexplored, where you're doing something really kind of different, I think that's where you're going to have your better success. I mean, I tell people often, I would rather help you grow dandelions if that's your passion, rather than try to talk you into being a computer programmer, because we know that's where the opportunities are. Nope. Follow your passion. Let's figure that out. Here, here's a quick example. Let me do, I'm, I'll just, this is one of those very, very long questions that comes from Jamie, who says, I've been a follower years for 10 years, so on and so forth. I'm a commercial space planner designer. Now, what Jamie wants to do is to help places like schools, churches, hospitals that have a lot of square footage, help them configure that, understand how to allocate space for certain functions, and then how to schedule and budget for maintenance, estimated renovation cost, calculate leases, attract potential tenants, those kind of things. Now, he does this in a very sophisticated using very sophisticated technology to lay this out. You know, you can do 3D models and the whole thing. That's a real niche. That's a real niche. Now, I wrote him back personally on this because I, I think it's a really great business concept. And it's one that requires Jamie's unique experience. And what that means is it's not something where you're going to see a lot of competitors pop up. So, and, and here's the other cool thing. He really needs to be talking to facility managers. Well, guess what? They're really easy to find. There are organizations where they're members, there are magazines that only they get, there are conventions where they show up because it's so niched, they're really easy to find. So he doesn't have to, you know, run Facebook ads or take out ads in the yellow pages, not at all. But he, he can be very focused on what it is that he's doing because it is such a niche that's based on his unique expertise and his unique passion. So back to your question, Sean, I would encourage you to be careful about trying to just do something because you know there's a need. Make sure that you've got that beautiful blend that we talk about, that three-legged stool where you've got talent, passion, and money. That's where you're going to find your best opportunity. Well, let me just, you know, we're going to make it shorter today. This is a holiday week. Let me just end with this. I have been flooded with those of you responding based on me sharing about we've got a challenge with the sanctuary here. The county has said we can no longer after 12 years have any kind of events in the building here. So we're working through that. And I've said, you know, we aren't going to have live events anymore. So those of you who have been here for coaching with excellence or innovate, hey, it's a delight having you here. We got a lot of memories, but uh, we aren't going to do that anymore. Well, got a note from Chris who lives down in Florida. She heard me say that we're going to be in Venice, Florida for the month of October. 
and says they'd love to get together with us and maybe treat us to lunch. Well, I'm getting a lot of notes like that. I appreciate that. A lot of you live in Florida. Uh, We'd be delighted to touch bases with some of you. We have made those arrangements, incidentally, and we also, yes, have already rented our house. I mentioned that last week, that if any of you wanted to live, we had a whole lot of response to that. We've already solidified that. So even though it's some time out, but uh, again, I appreciate the input that all of you have been providing in this whole arena, the kind of things that, you know, the kind of things that we're sharing that, yes, it's a challenge, but often that challenge just opens a door to a new opportunity. That's kind of a core message for the 48 days business. When you see there's an obstacle, what does this make possible? The eagle that we have in the front yard as you approach my office here, uh, my my illegal office, uh, that eagle is an example of that. It was a tree that died. I was heartbroken because it was a big tree that died. But instead of just trying to get rid of the stump and any sign that it had ever been there, we now have this beautiful 14-foot eagle that graces the entrance as you come back here. Now, the eagle was there all along, but it was hidden in an old ugly tree. It wasn't until that tree died that we were able to reveal the eagle that had been there all along. So I approach things like that. And I, I love the notes I'm getting from you all where you're being encouraged by our approach to this and uh, delighted that it's encouraging you to see things in the same way. So yes, we're all set. Going to make some, uh, make some changes, but having a lot of fun with it and uh, hope that you approach the changes, the unexpected obstacles, the unexpected opportunities that come your way, that you approach them in much the same way. Well, Hey, with that, we're going to make it a shorter shorter holiday version of the podcast here. I will lower that down. Again, still playing with the idea of having the song at the end where I talk over it or just that piano music that uh, Alan Tuttle so graciously provided for us. So always lots of options, always a new exciting adventure as we move along. Hope you're having a wonderful holiday week. Now, we're now in the second half of this year. 2017 is flying by. So we're already in the second half. Hope you've accomplished what you intended to accomplish. I'm, I'm behind schedule on some of the things that I had hoped to accomplish this year. I'm way behind on some of the things that I'm... But I'm so excited about some things that we're getting ready to do that will take place in the next 60 days. I know I'm the eternal optimist, but I really do feel like we're going to salvage the year and surge forward because of some things that we've got that are brewing right now, getting ready to launch over the next couple weeks. So hope you're having a wonderful week. Happy holiday week to you. Keep doing what you're doing to find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Take it. The keys are in.